us. Let's give this praise and worship team a big hand, would you? And all those who serve. Amen. We've had a tremendous amount of first serve opportunities, and I am grateful for that. But I'm going to forego all of those preliminary remarks right now because I've got a lot to dive into right now. My task is to explain the eternality and the infinity of God in 30 minutes. How do you explain the eternal God in 30 minutes? It's really impossible, but nonetheless, I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, because the question has been asked, and let me say this, you can still ask some questions. We're running this series for about five weeks. And so if you've got questions, God has answers. So uh, if you'll pray that he'll reveal them to us, then we'll share them with you. But um, the eternality of God or the infinity of God, uh, it, it really blows my mind. And so um, it is something that I've spent a lot of time this week soul searching and digging. And although I've preached this gospel now for nearly 30 years, or it has been 30 years, and been you know, here believing in God for all of my life from my earliest days. But I want you to know, I believe the question, while it is asked, you know, um, there are no silly questions, there are no dumb questions. I believe the question is kind of self-destructing on itself because the question is who created God? And the, the, the real quick, pithy, uh, short answer is God was not created. And I don't mean that to sound smart aleckly or anything like that. But, but God was not created. And I want to give you some reasons. <clears throat> I want to show you some, some things. So then you ask, if he was not created, then where does he come from? Let me say this. He wouldn't be God if someone created him. Because if someone created him, that would mean they would be higher than God. That they would be uh, greater than God. That they would be mightier than God. And throughout His Word, we are told that He is the everlasting God. That He is the Almighty One. He is the shelter that we take refuge under. He is our strong and mighty tower, our pavilion. But don't let me get too preachy because that sounds good and might make you shout and leave you with no real content. So my goal is to get to some content um, tonight or today. So how is he God if he was not created and where did he come from? How did he always exist? And uh, so but let me show you John 4 and 24. I want you to get this. Jesus had been talking to the woman at the well. And she asked him some questions about where we ought to worship on this mountain or somewhere in Jerusalem or somewhere else. And he simply says, God is a spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, I, I want you to understand that God has used anthropomorphic language in the Bible. In other words, he applied human characteristics. He says to us that we were created in his image, the Imago Dei, in the image of God. We read scripture that says, is the Lord's arm short that it cannot reach down? We read scripture that says the eyes of the Lord are not dim, but they are upon everyone beholding the, the good and the evil. We hear things like the ear of the Lord has not waxed dull. Are you with me? Say amen. So we see this kind of language and we think of a gray-haired old man sitting on a throne. 
In fact, Daniel said, there he was, seated, the ancient of days upon his throne with a hoary head. That's a white head of hair. So we picture him like that. Now, but I want to say this to you. God is, he can reveal himself ever how he chooses. For instance, the Holy Spirit, which is indeed God, manifest himself in the form of a dove when he came down and lit upon uh, Jesus' shoulder when he was being baptized. So let me just say that God is a spirit, and we that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now, I want to show you a video real quick. I just want you to see this, and it'll lay some background for us to go a little further. So pay particular attention to this five or six minutes, and it'll whet your appetite.
You may or may not agree with all of the imagery, but the point still remains that God has always existed. Let me show you. <clears throat> because if He were created, if something other than God existed, then He would be less than. And I don't believe I would want to serve Him if someone else had put Him in the place that He's in. Someone mightier, someone stronger, someone above and beyond Him. Now, here's the deal. In all of Scripture and all of historical writings, there is no one that exists, there is no one that exists or has existed or even come close to existing that is attributed to the mighty acts of the Almighty God. You can search all through history, all through the Bible, all, all through antiquity, and there is no one. And did you know, I didn't realize this until a few weeks ago, but every other major religion, I don't care, you name it, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, uh, whatever it is, all of them accept Jesus and they recognize Jesus. Uh, you know, and so what does that say? There's something to be said. Historical evidence shows us a lot about Jesus as well. So if one cannot see his creation, or if God was created, then that violates everything we have ever learned about him. Uh, if we cannot believe um, in, in him, let me, let me take it to the New Testament. Think about the resurrection. Look at the amount of people who have tried to disprove the resurrection. They have looked at it from every way. Now, here's the real truth. If, the, if Jesus is not raised from the dead, you and I are still in our sins. But I'll say this. If he is still dead, he has changed more lives than any dead man has ever changed. He's brought more daddies back home to mama. He's brought more wayward children back home to families. He's put more people back together than any other living person. What I'm simply saying is this, the world has gone to great lengths to try to disprove God, to try to prove, disprove the resurrection, to try to disprove the existence of God. And every time they do something to, to think that they're going to get closer to disproving him, they in fact discover something that proves him. They said for years that David's dynasty, David, the King, King David, the man for God's own heart, was just a mythological figure. He was just somebody that was just made up until they found his signet ring of his dynasty in an archaeological find. Are you with me? Say amen. I, I start thinking about things, and, and I have to come to this conclusion that, that God has always existed. He could not have been created because if he were created, then there would exist something or someone greater than he, and we've never heard from that someone or something since. If someone else created God, where's he been all these thousands of years? Hello? So let me, let me dig a little deeper. So what is it that I want you to do? I want you to do a little study on your own. We're so used to getting spoon-fed to hear what I think and what this pastor thinks and that theologian thinks. I want to challenge you to dig into the Holy Bible. I want to challenge you to dig into historical books and antiquity. And I want you to find out for yourself that there is no other plausible explanation for our existence on planet Earth other than God Almighty. Now, 
Let me just, since that's not a little too easy right there, I want to go a little further. I want us to examine science because we're not scared of science when it comes, you know, we Christians, we're not scared of science. It ain't going to disprove the Word of God. Uh, I want you to discover archaeology. We're not scared of that. Everything, everything that turns up shows us more about the existence of God. I want you to examine theology. Let me give you four real quick arguments. There's the, for the existence of God. They tell us there's the ontological argument. That is God uh, being a being higher than any other being. That's what the ontological argument states. It is therefore argued that to exist is, is greater, that those who exist are greater than those who do not exist, and therefore the greatest conceivable being must exist. If God did not exist, then God would not be the greatest conceivable being, and that would contradict the very definition of God. That's the ontological argument. Then you have the teleological argument, which is an argument that argues from the state of purpose. So let me show you that. In the teleological argument, it states this, that since the universe displays such an amazing design, there must have been a divine designer. I received this watch from uh, someone in the mail um, a few weeks back, and I look at this beautiful watch, and, and its body looks like a guitar, and I see all the hands and the intricacies and the delicacy, uh, delicacies, uh, 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 all of the things, uh, the intricate details of the watch, and all of that, and something tells me that it just didn't pop up. It did, boom, there's a beautiful watch. 21 jewels and all kind of this and that and the other and everything's moving. No, it tells me that there's a designer somewhere that sat down and designed this watch that I wear. And I'm telling you, a sun that rises every day and sets every night and a moon that comes up and goes down and the tide that goes in and then comes back out and all of these things, I'm telling you, if they, let, me, let me just read it for you. Here's the teleological argument. For example, if the earth was significantly closer or farther away from the sun, it would not be capable of supporting life here on the earth. If the elements in our atmosphere were even a few percentage points different, not nearly every living thing on earth would die. So I'm simply saying to you this, what is the odds of somebody coming up with that, let alone all of a sudden of an, an explosion and wham? That would be like saying the dictionary was created because there was an explosion one day you know, in a printing press, and all of a sudden the dictionary came out. It's on a bridge. It's got all these millions of words in it, and everything fell in the right place. Man, you think it takes faith to believe in the eternal God? It takes faith to believe in some of this evolutionary junk, some of this other theory that's out there. Man, God gave us His Word. So there's the teleological argument. Then there's the cosmological argument, and I need to move on quickly. Every effect must have a cause is, is the, uh, this argument. This universe and everything in it has an effect. There had to be a cause, something that lives outside of time, space, and matter. Uh, I'm, and then there's the moral argument. The moral argument simply states this, that in every society, there's certain things that we value. We value life. We, you know, uh, we don't like stealing. And, and basically, a moral God created us. And so we don't allow things like murder and rape and incest, all these things. Because That's the moral argument. Now, let me say this. There's a general principle that's accepted universally that says either everything came from nothing which is impossible because, as he said, you cannot exist and not exist at the same time. You can't. They're not equal to each other. So then everything just came from nothing or then there was something that caused everything else. Now, I'm going to tell you how it really went down. 
in the beginning, God. Now, wait a minute. You're saying in the beginning. Wait a minute. I'm talking about in the beginning of creation. God existed before and outside of time and outside of space and outside of matter. I, I know i got to prove that to you, so you got to give me a little time because... Uh, uh, it, it'll get by. There are no other choices since. Uh, so everything either came from nothing, which is impossible. Or in other words, look at your, your babies. You, you take your photo album out and well, there's Adam, there's Carly. You know, they came from nothing. No, me and Kelly got together sometime or other. Y'all with me? Hey, you know, we're not buying the argument that all of a sudden there's a little baby and just came from nothing. No. Plants. You know what? I got some watermelons growing in the backyard. You know what I did? Uh, I put a seed in the ground and I watered it and I fertilized it and I left it in the windowsill for a week or two. And then I transplanted it. But I was working on something. It just I went out one day and all of a sudden they watermelons. No. Everything come from nothing? Or did something always exist that created everything? That it, now listen, logic says that nothing can only make nothing. Zero times zero is zero. Are you with me? Just cannot, you know, I, I, I had to have something to make more. Uh, you know, so something must have existed. Was, you know, matter, time, and space. Some would say, um, well, these always existed. No. Let me help you. First of all, let me defer, define two terms. Finite. Finite first means having limits or bounds. Every computer has a finite amount of memory. And if you got a slow one, it'll aggravate you to death. Uh, I'm about ready to set mine on fire. You see? Because it has a finite amount of memory. You and your automobile have a finite amount of gas. It might be 12 gallons, it might be 18. But you can only, it might be 20 something or whatever, but, but you can only go a finite amount of miles until you will stop and get gas or walk. Are you with me? And then there's another term I want you to understand that's infinite. Infinite is limitless or boundless. And can I tell you something? These, even these nuclear submarines, I'm speaking a little bit out of my league, but, but um, that nuclear reactor, I, I don't know, I've heard something like 30 or 50 years. It don't have to be refueled for a long time or it can last a long time. Let me say it like that. Uh, but, but it's still, it's a finite number, whether it's 50 or 30 or whatever it is. There comes a time. In other words, it's not going to run forever. There's a finite amount of days. Same way when I was born. There's a finite amount of time that I'm going to live. I don't know how long that's going to be, and nor do you how long you're going to live. But it is not infinite. Unless we accept Jesus Christ, then of course our soul will live uh, forever somewhere. So let me talk about matter, time, and space. They cannot be infinite. You see, uh, they cannot be eternal. If this were true, uh, uh, you know, they had to be created. And I'm going to show you that biblically. Time is the measure of changes in matter. Um, for instance, if I said I would give you a candy bar after you flip the switch on these lights an infinite amount of times, would I ever give you the candy bar? No. Because you can't flip the switch an infinite amount of times. An infinite amount is that it looks like an eight on its side. That means it's just around and around and around and around and around and around. It's an infinitum. You cannot, in other words, our days are going to run out before we get through 
flipping the switch. The switch is going to run out and burn out before. So we cannot do that. So I would never give you the candy bar. Um, you cannot have an infinite uh, amount of finite things. It's impossible. I have this iPad here. It is a finite thing. Well, what if I got two? Well, what if I got ten? What if I got ten to the tenth power? What you know? What if I filled this room? Oh, you know what? I could go on and on, but I could not have an infinite number of iPads because we would run out of resources to build them. I mean, we would run out of money. We would run out of space. There, there's no way I could have an infinite amount. They are finite. I don't care what you have. You do not have an infinite amount of it. Even though there's sand on the seashore and I can't never count it, there is not an infinite amount of sand on the seashore. So it had to be created. Now, I know this is getting a little deep for you, but hold on with me. We're going to wait a little bit deeper. So therefore, we know that time had a beginning. In the beginning, that's time. God created. What did he create? The heaven, that's space, and the earth. The God created everything and, and, and matter. Did you know? God created. So uh, God, in the beginning of time, now he sits outside of time. Did you know day, a day with the Lord as is a thousand years, and a thousand years as, as a day? To him, he stands outside of time, and it doesn't it don't affect him. Always has been and always will be. You see, there cannot be an infinite amount of changes before right now. Someone says, well, there's just been, you know, two billion years ago. Uh, and I'm sort of dressed to say it like that now. Uh, but anyway, there cannot be an infinite amount of changes. Why do you say that? There could not be because if there was an infinite amount of changes between the beginning and right now, we would never get to right now. It'd still be changing. If something goes on infinitely, it, it, I mean, it's, it's infinite and it goes on and on. So listen, time is finite. That means it had a beginning. Matter is finite because you cannot have an infinite amount of finite things. You can only have so many ink pens. You can have so many cars. Space is finite because space is the measure of the distance between matter. And matter is finite. Are you hearing me say amen? And matter, if it ceased to exist, everything would be empty. Let, let me uh, go like this. Since time and matter and space are finite, then that means they had a beginning. If they could not be forever, that means they started somewhere. So then where? Man, there's some good study about that. So that means that, means that someone or something existed before them. How could this be? Listen, if you exist outside of the measure of time, and time is the measure of change, that means you would never change. Therefore, you would have no past or no future, only an eternal now. Hebrews tells me that God changes not. Yesterday... Today and forever, he remains the same. Are you with me? I'll tell you what, they, they likened the priest Melchizedek to God. They said, without father, without mother, without genealogy, neither having beginning of days nor ending of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. So he, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? Did you know? Uh, if you exist, um, if you exist without matter, 
that means you are immaterial. That means that uh, um, you cannot be touched. You cannot be felt. You cannot be uh, smelt. None of these. If you exist without matter, that means you're interspatial. Let, let me let me give you an example. You remember when the disciples were scared for their lives because Jesus' body was missing. And they said, you know, someone said, they stole it away. And so the disciples began to hide and they met. And Jesus had already appeared to some of them, you remember. But Thomas, the doubting Thomas said, except I see him and put my hands upon unless I see him and behold him, I'll never believe. So while they were behind closed doors, the Bible says the doors being shut, Jesus walked right through the wall. And then turned right around and told Thomas to handle me and see. So wait a minute. How did he walk right through the wall and then tell Thomas, handle me and see if, if this is not me? To go from physical to spiritual, just, I mean, that quick. Because he is the almighty God. And above him there is no other. He lives outside of time and outside of space and outside of matter. Yet, if let me say this. Did you understand these things exist inside of him, not the other way around? Time, space, and matter exist within God, if you will. Yet he can stand outside of them. There are, there are people that try to contain him. But the writer said, Whither shall I flee from the presence of the Lord? If I ascend into the heavens, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there also. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, thou art there also and uphold me with your right hand. So, uh, so we can conclude then that something eternal Something omnipresent, immaterial, in spatial. These are the attributes of God. And whoever this person is is what created time, space, and matter. And I submit to you it is God. The only way to create matter, time, and space. Uh, the only way to create matter, time, and space is for it to be created by someone or something who lives outside it. God was able to create these because he lives outside of time. Don't tell you Abraham was scared. I'm, I'm sorry, it was Moses. Moses was, and he told this to Abraham too. Moses was scared when he went to Pharaoh. He said, uh, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people God or let my people go. And he said, oh, I'm scared. What am I going to tell him? Who am I going to tell him sent me? And God said, tell him that I am sent you. That's two words. I am Boy, I designed a t-shirt a, a, a few years ago. It said before there was iPod, iPad, or iHop. There was I am. Amen. Somebody told me you ought to patent that thing. Amen. He's the great I am. Amen. In him we live and move and have our being. Listen, uh, all things begin and end in him. He has no beginning of days nor ending of days. He lives outside of matter. Oh, let me help y'all. He said to us, Heaven and earth will pass away. Things as you know it will pass away. Everything on this earth that has been created, all knowledge, he says, will pass away. But my words are forever settled in heaven, and not a word, not a jot or a tittle shall ever pass away. It'll, let, me, let me say this to you. Did you realize that he has prophesied the future since the eons of time? He knows the end before the beginning. 
He told us all of these things would come to pass. He talked to us. About, you got to, I'm telling my life group in Bible X about Qumran, where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls in those caves. I want to tell you something. The, the oldest manuscripts we had prior to that was about 1100 A.D. And when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, they found the entire book of Isaiah, several other full books. I mean, hundreds of copies of, the, of various parts of the Bible. Not with Listen, no less than one one-half of 1% of any era. And they didn't copy and paste on a MacBook, no. A scribe got his name from transcribing the Bible with a quill and ink on papyrus or on animal skins. Scrolls as long as 27 feet. They would be rolled up. That's how long the book of Isaiah was. Are y'all hearing me say amen? And I'm telling you, when they found those scrolls, it took us all the way back to the first century, the time of Jesus' day, and without any error. Are you with me? Say amen. I'm telling you, I'm asking you, what book, what word from what prophet or some greater cause has ever been protected the way the word of God has been protected? What book has ever changed the lives of humanity like this book? No other book. It is a book of all time. Well, I need, to, I need to try to tie this up, but the Lord will help me. Listen, he lives outside of space. To say it another way, space, time, and matter reside in him and not the other way around. Let me show you what Hebrew says. Hebrew says in, in the NRSV verse, I want to show this to you. And in the beginning, Lord, uh, you founded the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. I want to slow down and read it. In the beginning, you founded the heavens of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish. But you remain. He stands outside of matter. Huh. He stands outside of time. He stands outside of space. He said, but you remain. They will all wear out like clothing. Huh? Like a cloak, you'll roll them up. And like clothing, they will be changed. It's like a dirty diaper, he says. Guess what? In a few years, and you know what? Peter echoed this. He said, don't you know the heavens and the earth will be renovated as by fire? Amen. And there will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth. John the Revelator said, I saw new Jerusalem coming down out of God or coming down out of heaven from God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He said, the heavens are going to wax old. The earth is going to get old. And like a cloak, he's going to roll them up. Like clothing, they'll be changed. He says, but you are the same and your years will never end. That is infinitum right there. Amen. He will never, never change. He is God and beside him there's no other. Well, let me try to tie it up. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 says, He has set eternity. Oh, I wish I had two days to preach this. Oh, Lord. He has set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Can I tell you something? When we think about beginning, we think about Lucifer's flood. We think about when God said, let there be light, and there was light. Darkness moved upon the face of the deep. deep. Waters covered the earth. And the Lord spoke, and the waters said, strive together. And the waters strove together. And the seas come together. And the rivers, amen, and the dry land appeared. And the Lord said, let there be grass. And grass. Hey! 
grass began to grow and called birds to come and birds began to sing and they began to fly and four-footed beasts began to walk and crawl on this earth and then he reached down and grabbed a pile of dust if you will and he formed Adam and he breathed in Adam's nostrils and man became a living soul for the first time he opened his eyes for the first time his heart beat for the first time his ears could hear and man became a living soul and now to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Paul said, I want to stay with you, but I want to depart. Knowing that if I stay, I can help you. But if I depart, I can be with the Lord. Listen, there will never be a place that I can't be now. Why? Because I am born again. I have been raised into by the Almighty God. That word is ruach. It means the breath of God. Oh, Lord, let me. I got I to gotta say this. I'm going to show you one more video and we got to go. Isaiah 46 says, I'm God and there is no other. I'm God and there's none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, what is still to come. Listen, the truth is we think about God and we divide the calendar and we call it B.C., before Christ uh, and, and then we say A.D. Uh, and Adamani which means in the year of the Lord so is there, has there been any other calls that would cause us to, to take our calendar and mark all of history by saying before Christ and uh, in other words in the year of our Lord we've been living since Christ came in the year of the Lord this is 2016 the year of the Lord Lord have mercy. I, I'm going to pause. I want to show you one video. It's about two and a half, three minutes. I want you to watch that and then we're going to pray. Oh, Lord.
I want to tell you the effect of the Bible on people as you stand with me is incredible. This God that we serve without beginning of days or ending of time, we have undocumented, I mean, we have documented proof again and again of the miracles of God. I could stand here all day, and, but there has to be an element of faith too where I put my faith in the God that I believe. I take Him to the test and I put my trust in Him. I just want to tell you this, that finite things have no power over the eternal God. And I'm going to pray right now for, for God to reveal Himself to you. And I know there's been a lot to take in, so the beauty of this is, is we have another service. If you didn't get it, you can hang out. But I want to pray that God will answer that question in your mind right now that I've always insisted. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for our people today. Lord, the Bible said that you said heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. Indeed, you stand outside of time and space. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would help us to wrap our head around this because it's, it's an argument that the devil would like us to lose. He would like to fool us. The problem is he don't have no explanation himself. There is no other explanation. Not logical at least. There's nothing else that even comes close to the biblical explanation of why we exist, how we got here, and where we're going. I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Would you settle this question in the hearts and the minds of your people? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stay with me for just a second. Our host is coming with some important announcements.